Have you ever in your adult life looked at yourself in the mirror and said, what am I doing with my life? Well, you're not alone. No matter if you suffered from trauma, depression, anxiety, or feel stuck in your current situation like I did in the past, or are a super achiever, we all get to a place where we start hearing the ticking sound of life passing by, realizing at that moment that there has to be more to life than what there currently is. And all of a sudden, the who am I and what am I doing with my life questions come up, and that is usually the moment where we start to crave for more. That is the moment we start to crave for a sense of purpose. Join me and my inspiring guest on our journey to helping people just like you to find themselves, find their purpose, and not only break through whatever is holding them back from the life they always dreamed about, but also to develop the resilience, the mindset, and get the capabilities needed to turn those dreams into reality and to become the artists of their life. I am Rodolfo DeAngeli, and I welcome you to Life Artist Radio. What's up, everybody? Here we are. Welcome to another episode of Life Artist Radio. Today, we're going on the other side of the world to Europe. Yeah, the other day, we were in America. Today, we're in Europe. We're going everywhere. Today, we're speaking to Oliver Hoyas from Zurich, Switzerland, which is amazing, as I was born in Bern. So, you know, it's it's quite a, a special day for me today to be connected back to my uh, land and origins. So Oliver Hojas is an aspirational artist from Zurich, Switzerland. He wants his painting to be a doorway to your soul and enhance your life experience, bringing you to reflect and give you more joy, love, and freedom every single day. You can find him on Instagram and Oliver Hojas. O-L-I-V-E-R-H-O-J-A-S. Website is www.oliverhojas.com. This is the man. This is the artist on Life Artist Radio. Awesome to have you. Let's do this, buddy. How are you, brother? Thank you so much. I'm great. I'm great. I'm excited. Thank you. Yes, super cool, man. Yeah. Uh, now, the honest truth, we have never spoken, which is amazing, right? This is this is the beauty about, for me, this, this journey of podcasting and, and so on, meeting new people from all around the world that have a story, right? And this is what Live Artist Radio has been all about from day one, sharing the stories from normal people, everyday people just like you, who just come on here and uh, let us know how they made it here, how they come how to got here, where are they going, how are they going to get there, and so on and so forth. So, Oliver, tell me, what's up? How would you get here? Where are you coming from? Where are you going? Let me know. I'd love to know. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, it's a long story, but you say you... Awesome, you we got up... all the time in the world. Okay, great. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, yeah, you said you were from, you're originally from Bern, right? Yeah. And that's where I grew up. As well, like I bo- I'm born in Zurich, but then I went to the boarding school in right. Bern, maybe Schlössli uh-huh. Inns. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know that? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So I went there, and I grew up there, which was a Rudolf Steiner school. I don't know if. Oh this is... yeah, Rudolf Steiner. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it was a a school for creative people or like kids that are creative talented. Mm-hmm. So 
it was not always easy, of course, because, you know, my family, my father was not often here. My mom had some issues. Um, I can later on tell a bit more. Sure. So, so then I grew up in this boarding school. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, it was, it was hard to, to be away from the parents, of course. Mm-hmm. But in the end of the day, I saw it really as a blessing because that's where I started dancing, singing. Uh, I started beatboxing just by looking at someone, like just uh, like somebody in the boarding school was beatboxing, and I found it so cool. I was like, "Hey, how how is he doing that?" So I just looked looked at him, and on one point I started doing it myself without YouTube or anything. So I had I had the talent there, and yeah, so I always wanted to do something creative, but in the beginning didn't really know what exactly. So I was like, I had I was one of the people that was multi talented who had so many talents, and I didn't know where should I put my focus on so I tried many things I tried um, so basically the the thing that I tried seriously to build a business upon was mm-hmm. photography uh-huh, wow. and there was also talent again like it just came very natural to me I learned the, the, the how you know how you use the, the settings and so on very fast mm-hmm. it was easy and but it was more the 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 eye I the eye I had for beauty so I I didn't even know about the golden schnitch. I don't know in English. Like a cut? Yeah, it's like like it's basically a rule where uh-huh. you need to place an object or a person that it looks harmonious. Right, 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 right. I see. I and see. And it does. It it really works. It really works. Like I I didn't know, so I I did that naturally. So that was my it was a talent, uh-huh. and I tried to do a business out of that, but I wasn't ready. So that's where I really was. Um, I mean, that, that was a tough story because that's when I slept on the floor for a while. If you want, we can later on go deeper. Into yeah, absolutely, things. man. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. You go. Yeah, so, yeah, the photography didn't work at all. And I wanted to always create my own business, be my own boss, because I just, like somebody said, um, I was unemployable or something oh, like this. So, yeah, yeah I, 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 I never... I guess coming from the boarding school with our parents, I became a rebel. So I, and you know, there were so many adults telling me and us, the kids, what to do, uh, what we should do, should do, what we can do, what we can't do. So it was re- really annoying, right? There lots, lots of rules. And I was always, I loved freedom, right? I loved my freedom. Yeah. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. So I guess I became a rebel. So uh, that's why I always said, like, I always had struggles with, with my bosses. So on one point I said, like, now he said, now I'm done. Now I do my own, own business. And I always had this camera and that was actually really good. Right. It just, yeah. I never learned how to make money with anything. Nobody teach me that. Right. So I was very yeah, new in that. that it's cool for sure. Exactly. It's <laughs> like you're, you're so dependent on the system and jobs. Oh. It's like incredible because I was, I was totally scared to do my own thing because I just had zero idea how this should work out. You know, how should I make a living with that? Right. No yeah. idea. And in the beginning, like when I did the photography, it didn't work out at all. Um, but also because of my personality, you know, because of the programming from society, I was very shy. I couldn't approach people. I, I, I was painfully shy, actually, right? I, I could be just in my own dark room with myself. And I knew I needed to go out and find customers, but I couldn't. I just couldn't, right? It was so, so strong, right? This, this, I don't know what it was exactly, the shyness, fear of people, fear of judgment, fear of rejection so yeah so it didn't work out at all and i was uh, after that very 
sad and my my self-esteem was super low of course because i tried it for like three four five months i cannot mm-hmm. remember the time frame the exact time frame but uh, in this time i had no income couldn't pay my bills and and like some miracle ways i got help from friends or people that i didn't even because i moved to basel so i was in a new wow. city even mm-hmm. didn't know anybody and i thought you know things will happen then but it didn't because i took myself with with me, right? I went with myself there with my limiting beliefs and so on. And yeah, so in the end of the day, it was a, an experience and it, this brought me then to art actually, because I was very, I was very sad. I, I told myself I didn't want to have any goals anymore. I didn't want to have a dream visions because it felt like it never worked out for me always because I always had dreams, right? I always said like, I want to be a singer or, or a dancer, actor, artist. Those were always the things, but you know, everybody said it's not possible. It's it's too right. difficult. You need to do this. You need to do that. And so, yeah, at this point, I'm like, you know what? I think I give up. And this giving up was more giving up of the pressure to always try mm. to achieve something. So I gave myself just space to be and was more going into my spirituality. I, w- I needed to go back to my mom on one point. There was also the pride, right? Right. Like, the, the the pride to not go back to my mom and make it happen and I was but I was just I was I was just not ready and it was okay in the on one point when I came back to gratitude you know, really um, be grateful for what I have and for the person I am today that's when yeah. I could actually see and accept my situation right now where I was sleeping on the floor in an empty apartment having no money having no food so I could accept it and then I could change it and so I, I also saw I need to go back to my mom. And that's when I gave myself the space to just be really mm-hmm. not, 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 not achieving anything anymore, not trying to push. And still today, I need to find this balance because I'm a very passionate person. And sometimes, you know, when you push too hard, you kind of start to break. It's just too much and it's not working anymore because you're too tense, you're too, too hard. So I still, you know, always need to find the balance and always need to give myself you know again some space and sometimes I don't see it and so I th- but at this point I really I really felt that now is the time but at this point I thought I won't ever have goals anymore right I thought this would be the solution to just be but then very soon I wrote a read a book the artist's way a uh-huh. great book yeah and and this book it was not about painting or something it was about creativity yeah and again, that was when I was living with my mom and giving myself space to be, right? Without trying to achieve anything. So I read this book and I was, yeah, of course, I was, I was sad. I was doubting myself, low self-esteem, very low. So I just, uh, yeah, I read the book and it really nurtured me because it, it, it didn't come from a way of, you know, you know, achieving goals or setting goals or, at, you know, creating your vision or something that this would have been too much for me. So it was more about like looking within yourself and discovering what's in there already. Right. And it was specifically about creativity. And so at one point I, you know, I did exercises, many exercises, like I like one exercise was to clean out your, uh, your clothes, throw away old clothes to make space for new things. Um, there was an exercise. Other were like um, working on your traumas, mm-hmm. uh, your blockages. Because she said that so many people are artists. You know, they are, they are artists in their at core. the heart. Yeah, exactly. But somewhere in the somewhere in the childhood, or maybe even later, they they had a, an experience that blocked 
blocked them. Right. The creativity. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, our society it's so it's it's very minimized. It's like it's not really important creativity. You know, it doesn't make you money, it's not productive, it's it's just it's play. So kids can do that, but later on you should kind of forget about it and focus more. Stop dreaming, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, oh. I was always the dreamer. I was always mm-hmm. the dreamer, really. That's what, in the school they told me that, kind of in a negative way. So, um, but that's yeah, why I'm, I'm why there. I'm here today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need, we I'm need been the there dreamers. for sure. <laughs> yeah, but, but 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 tell me tell me one thing. Let me go back a little bit, right? Because mm-hmm. where we are right now, we are kind of like present time. Maybe not too far away from the present time, right? But yeah. where did this start for you? Be like. The, the the foster you know the 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 boarding school and all of that what mm-hmm. what what age was that for you that was when i was eight years old so very okay. young and yeah. and how long were you there i was there till 16 so roughly what? yeah eight years how old are you now yeah now i'm 26 oh okay so not long huh? not long ago that's yeah. that's you know it's like 10 years 10 years is when like my journey started 10 years ago out of depression mm. and so on it's like i'm 52 today but sometimes i feel like you know my my journey is like started whenever right but it's only 10 years so the story mm. that you have been telling it's like whoa there's a lot going on like a lot happened in such mm-hmm. a short time like 26 years old it's not not you know it's not a lot of time and yeah Tell me how, so, the, you know, I can very much relate about the boarding school. I, I grew up with foster parents from eight months old to to 11 years old, right? So for the first 10 years, I was away from home. Um, so I can, you know, very much relate how that is for a young boy to be away and thinking, you know, I mean, for me, it was, you know, uh, why do my parents not have me at home and what's wrong with me? and mm-hmm. You know, am I maybe not good enough as a kid or whatever, right? So I'm not yeah. sure if that's – how did you feel at that time and how was your experience, you know, throughout that time? What did it do to you? What did you learn also during those times, uh, uh, you know, getting through all this and how has it impacted you, you know, towards coming to the present and the relationship with your mother and, and you know, the parents and – and so on. How was how was that for you? That journey, that beginning journey. Yeah, um, it's a good question. I mean, so first of all, when I was at the when I was that young, and I was in the boarding school, it was uh, not easy, of course, because I wanted mm-hmm. to be with my mom. Even though, so that's the thing. Um, what happened? My my mom was alcoholic, so I experienced very. You know, I. I had experience where my mom was drunk and I was a kid and she was crying in the night and I wanted to sleep and she was listening to loud music and, and being drunk and I couldn't talk to her. She didn't stop. So these experiences were quite tough and I still mm-hmm. remember them very vividly. I mean, they don't, you know, I'm not emotional about them anymore, but it's, I mean, imagine that like I was oh, six, man. seven years old and and seeing my mom crying and she always listened to Michael Jackson. So no, I, in the, wow. I, I couldn't listen to Michael Jackson, like these sad songs, you know, you, we are the world. Very beautiful oh, songs. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Man, ah, I, I got goosebumps. Check this out. Totally yeah. goosebumps. <laughs> Dude, I know exactly what you're saying, man. Yeah, it, it was like these experiences were tough, right? So 
Um, Behörden. Do, what, how do you say Behörden in English? Uh, Behörden. Oh, shit. Now you're challenging me here. Um, I can't translate that. Behörden. But, yeah, you, okay. So I explain what it is. Those are like people mm -hmm. from the government, I think. Oh, are... yeah, yeah, Behörden. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, oh, shit. I wouldn't... <laughs> I wouldn't... It doesn't come to me now how you how you said in English, but I it's like um ah oh god man, why are there so many languages in the world? Uh yeah. are the are the um, like authorities uh, officials, officials, right? Officials. Okay. officials, like part of a particular um, uh what's it called, like for the kids or whatever, you know, that they, yeah, they, yeah. they look after kids or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I can't exactly, um, you know, translate it, but I know what you mean. I hope yeah. it comes through anyway. Yeah, here they say, when I translate, it's authorities. Authorities, very... there you go. There you go. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, I guess then it's that. Yeah, so they, they basically, they check out families. And if there is like some families that, you know, where the kids are kind of in danger, um, they, they, you know, they start, go into it and they start, how they get they get responsibility and i think my mom needed to approve that i didn't don't really know how this went but yeah they saw that we are having it me and my brother my brother was two years younger mm -hmm. um and he experienced the same but i think i was always in front i was always the one that went you know out of the bedroom and looking for the for my right. mom and i think my brother um was probably of course he was influenced by it i mean how can you not but I think he had a still a bit different experience than I had, uh, but yeah, still anyways. So anyways, these uh, authorities, they came and they saw, okay, it's not working. They tried different things. And in the end they said, we need to go to the boarding school. And, oh, wow. and, and, and you know, it was for my mom was really hard, of course, oh, like, you know, getting her kids, kids take it away. away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she was still today, still today. She still talks about it and, and I can imagine living with this regret that you couldn't oh, take man. care of your kids. I mean, this this is worse than what I experienced. Oh, I man. think so. It's tough. I have actually dude. compassion with her. Yeah, it's tough. And, yeah, and also where she came from. I mean, like her her father. He looks actually a bit like I look like my mom, and the mm -hmm. grandfather looks looks similar to us. We all have the same blue eyes, and we're all creative. So like my mm. grandfather, super creative. Uh, he was also a singer. He was singing on stage. And then my mom, super creative. And then I am super creative. Uh -huh. And my brother is creative too, but in its own in his way. own way, differently. Uh -huh. Yeah, he's more a more subtle creativity, I would say. And I think he's he's different. And my father too, right? My father was also a musician and uh, recorded two CDs and but also he was a business owner. So he had mm -hmm. a big business in Switzerland. That um, yeah, that he sold on one point, and then he went to Dominican Republic. So, but he was very busy. That's why he was never there. That was like uh, unfortunately, because I would love. I mean, who who wouldn't love to have a father, right? A role model, and that Absolutely. was what. For me, it's just like okay, I want when I have kids, I want to be there. I want to be a role model. I want to be a father. That's what it teach me from my father not being there. But today, also, I think I forg forgave my father as well because now I understand. Like in date with destiny that we both did right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I actually, I actually saw my father, you know, me being as a child, uh, waiting for my father because that happened often. I was waiting for my father. That's before the boarding school, and then because he said he will come, and then there was no phone call. Nobody came, and I was like, I was, you know, as a kid, you have hope. You no, no, oh, he man. will come. 
he yeah. will come. So I was waiting till till the night, till I needed to go to sleep. And I was that was that that had a big impact on me, of course. It's, and from what I learned from Date with Destiny was that I felt I'm not good enough. You know, that he didn't mm-hmm. want to see me, that yeah. I was not important to him, right? So I thought it was about me. What we do as kids, we always think it's about us. Absolutely. And, and that's what I saw, thought as well. So I, that's maybe one reason, you know, there was a reason that I was so painfully shy and was kind of afraid of people. That might be, might be one of the reasons. But what I learned is that I just tried to, you know, feel into my father what, what he went through because now mm-hmm. I, I have, I'm creating my own business. So I know how busy that is, how much work it is. And especially if you want to make, you know, be successful. And he was, he, he had a, he had employees and the stories that I heard, you, you know, they were working sometimes really day and night because they needed to you know they did this um, for the expos, mm-hmm. you know, like for, for example, Chilet Fusion or UBS, like banks, they created mm-hmm. these, not tents, but, you know, like Stände. Oh, yeah, 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 like uh, uh, stalls, like for, for, for different companies. Yeah, stands for, yeah, stands, for yeah. exhibitions. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they were very, like, they were one of the best in, in Switzerland. And he, yeah. so they sometimes, yeah, they needed to finish something for the next day. And there was no way to do that other than to work in the night. So, yeah, wow. you know, so, so I started to understand, I mean, he probably was so tired and felt bad that he couldn't do it. So I know it myself. Sometimes when I'm ashamed of myself for something I did, it's really hard to say that. It's really, mm-hmm. I just want to go away. I just want to ignore the situation. And I guess that must have been a bit how he felt. You know, probably he was he felt sad and bad that he wasn't able to go come to me. But he was, mm-hmm. yeah, probably also ashamed to say it. You know, just to did say. Did you ever cannot... speak about it with him? I did a little bit, but that has been uh, three years ago. Oh. And I think we, we didn't go, we, we talked about things. Yeah, that was the first time we talked about, you know, my mom, he, he not being there. And so I started understanding things. We didn't go super deep, but mm-hmm. I was already happy that we could talk about it because we never talked about it at all. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. This is, this story is, I think, from all the people I've spoken so far, I think this story is the one that is close to my heart because it's it's very much very very similar to 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 what i went through i mean and like i said i was in in a, a foster parents first but then you know when i went at home my parents were working day and night they you know they were in switzerland they migrated there to make some money so they had mm-hmm. two jobs and you know they they, they were always working and for mm-hmm. a kid you know you're always alone you kind of like i remember myself my brother was older 12 years older than me so he mm-hmm. was already gone he moved out when he was 19 and I came mm-hmm. home when I was 11. So, you know, he was already way older than me. And yeah. so for me, it was like playing by myself, doing everything by myself, mm. you know, and not really knowing what the hell is going on and where I'm going to yeah. go. So your story reflects very, very closely to that. And I think also the culture where we got, you know, um, we're born and, and grew up in Switzerland, you know, it's a very tough culture. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot yeah. of emotions, right? Not mm-hmm. a lot of emotions. I mean, my parents yeah. are not Swiss, they're Italian, but you know, at the time, um, there wasn't a lot of emotions. So even for us as kids, there's no mm-hmm. not much outlet to be able to express and say how we feel yeah. or, you know, it was, it was, yeah, man, I, I totally, totally feel you, bro. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then you came home and it was about 16. How was, I remember very well when I came home to my parents at 11, right? I didn't know who my mother, who my father was. <laughs> like it was such a disconnection, right? Yeah, Even yeah. though yeah. I would see them on the weekend sometimes, but, but still you don't live with them. So you don't know them. How, how was that for me? It was incredible to like, I was impossible for me to reconnect with them for a long, long time. But how was it for you? when you reconnected back to your mother at 16? Yeah, that's a good question. That's actually what I wanted to also say, because it was, you know, like I saw my mom, uh, we could go all two weeks home for a weekend, yeah. right? Same so thing. Yeah, so then you know mm -hmm. that, how this works. Yeah. And it was like, it was always a struggle to go back, right? To uh, We were crying. But also my mom, sometimes on the weekend, she was drinking again, and it was not a nice experience. And so they were all, always looking how how did we come back, you know, after the weekend? Mm -hmm. And, uh, but, the, you know, nothing really happened. But on one point I had a girlfriend very early on, um, I guess also a way for me to find love because I yeah. never got it really from mm -hmm. my mom, from my parents. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then, so I started going to her parents. I mean, with her, I was going to where she lived um, mm -hmm. often. So I didn't, I saw my mom even less. Okay. And so... Yeah, sometimes I, I think because, it's, you, you know, I, yeah, of course, I just on one point didn't want to go home. I wanted to be with my girlfriend because that's at least where I felt loved and, you know, that's where I felt the connection to someone. Totally, because you didn't know your mother, right? It's so strange. Yeah. I don't know if someone listening to this, you know, probably are, have in the same, have been in the same condition or position where you and I have been, but... Mm -hmm. For a kid coming home to a parent, you know, and not knowing them, it's it's quite brutal because you yeah. you do not know you. And there was a time for me as well that I wasn't feeling super safe either because I was like, oh God, who are these people? How do they react to a way or another way? So I totally know. And and all of a sudden, an, yeah. an external person is the one that you go to because yeah. you know that person more than not your own mm -hmm. you know flesh and blood so exactly wow. yeah yeah and it was like as you said when i on one point i think that was when i was 16 and went out of the boarding school i found a an apprenticeship mm -hmm. um it's also a funny story i wanted to actually do something creative because that was my where i could express myself because mm -hmm. as you said we couldn't express in switzerland every, everything is so tough and yeah. they are working no emotion so my outlet was creativity and that's always where i felt alive or where i felt where i felt myself mm -hmm. and no matter what it was if it was dancing singing uh you know guitar uh, on one point acting was a big thing i loved it and art was always there like painting mm -hmm. or like um, doing something with stones i was doing with something with stones and wood so these are the things that really yeah where i could express myself mm -hmm. and but going back to my mom, so yeah, when I saw my mom, then I, it was weird to hug her. I, I can remember it was, mm, I had wow. struggled to hug her. It felt very, very um, um, unknown, very, yeah, like man. a person that I don't know. It, it was really, it was strange. It was really strange. And that, wow. yeah, that can, that happens if you're not like with someone, right? If you're not with your parents, even though they're your parents, you get disconnected, right? And, 100%, man. So 100%. yeah, it, it took also a while. I was, I think I was also, so after the boarding school, they didn't even let me go back to my mom or having my own apartments. I was living in a, a vege, 
like oh, living yeah. environment, mm-hmm. environment mm-hmm. with again authorities. Like so, we were oh. not just living us, uh, you know, guys. Or you know, we, we were like with authorities that were right. were telling us when we need to be back home, where we had dinner together. So it was again something similar. Just right. okay, a bit a more independent, a bit more. Yeah, like yeah, a bit more freedom, forward. but still someone looking, right? Yeah, and that's when I got on one point really angry. I think I did it for two years. And I got really, really angry because, like, you know, some they are trying their best, but sometimes they're also really taking away too much freedom from you. They're, like, mm-hmm. putting you too much in a box, especially after I was done with the boarding school. I was like, why, why am I doing this? Now mm-hmm. I'm old enough, right? So I think then, then you know, I broke. I said, bye-bye, I go. I don't do this anymore. And then I got... Yeah, I got a bit angry. Sometimes the anger helps to set your boundaries. So oh, yeah. that's, that's what I did. And then I think I went back to my mom again. There mm-hmm. were a few times. And of course, it was not something I wanted to do for long term. So with, I think I was 17. Yeah, I found my first apartment and was really happy about that. And was still in the apprenticeship in as a retail salesperson. Mm-hmm. It was actually not what I wanted to do. But it was a chance to go out of the boarding school. And oh, okay. And they told me I won't find anything anyways in the normal world. So that set me on fire. That made like I was really getting determined because they were already planning for me to They actually. I mean, they, you know, they saw that I'm an artist. It was obvious. The house father of the boarding school even wrote, he wrote a book and he gave me one as a gift and he wrote a note in German. So I tried to translate it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And he wrote that every person is an artist, but with you, it's obvious. And then he wrote that your art will always be a source of inspiration for others and the world. That's what he yeah, wrote wow. there. And I was like 15, 16. I didn't even get it. I mean, wow. I didn't even get it that I'm an artist. I was, I, was, I was lost. I felt such a long time still lost and didn't know what to do. But for them, it was obvious, right? So I think they, sometimes they put their limitations on me, like, you know, telling me that's not really possible, you cannot make money, had nothing to do with me. I later on learned that. It just had to do with their own limitations. Absolutely. And, and so they, they, you know, tried to advise me. But at one point, they're like, okay, let's, let's get him into the acting school. It's probably the best. You know, it's probably no future, but, you know, if he needs to do it. <laughs> let's and see. So the, yeah, let's see, exactly. So, but the deal was to, the, the, at that point, I was already 16. So really, like, on the edge of leaving and deciding what I want to do next. And they said, if I want to go to the acting school, I need to stay three years more there. You know, I need to live. I live in the boarding school and then go to the acting school from the boarding school for three years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I would love to do the acting school, but something in me said just no, especially because I felt always so limited and not because they're bad people, but, you know, they just give what they can, what they believe themselves. Mm-hmm. So I needed to set myself free. And then they even told me that I won't find an apprenticeship anyway. So I'm like, I show them. And, you know, in our boarding school, there were special kids. And I was living with kids that had mental issues. So, you know, we were like, everybody in this boarding school came from special, either like some problems in the family, like I had. I think I, I wasn't, Some someone said, or my, I mean, I don't know if this is true, but somebody told me that the house father sat behind my back that I'm mentally disabled on one point. Um, I, I still don't know if this is really true, but it hurt at the, this moment. And the boarding That's school crazy, was, dude. yeah, and that was because I was it, at the career consultant and told him that I want to become an artist. You know, I was just like, <laughs> oh, you know, wow. what do you want to, 
do? What do you want to do when you go out of here? And I'm like, I want to be a singer, a dancer, an actor, artist. And I felt really proud, right? I mean, that's what I want. I was I always knew kind of, you know, as kids, we know what we want. That's also totally. a thing. We know what we want. But I, I knew that I want one of these things. It doesn't always need to be so specific. You don't need to figure everything out. You just know, need to know the next step. The and direction. I knew yeah, I want totally. to do Yeah, just the direction. So I knew mm -hmm. what I wanted. And so he said, like, it's not possible. You know, we don't have that here in Switzerland. Um, of course, you could go to, for example, I wanted to become a designer. Was that also something that, you know, was like, okay, I think I would like that too. But then I needed to go to school and coming from the sporting school, it's probably not so easy to get accepted. So yeah, my chances look not so good. And so he said, like, look at the things we have. You know, I don't know if you rem remember that. It's, I don't know if you had that back then, but the, with me, they had like a, like, like a magazine and the different apprenticeships were quite a lot. Right, all the oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Then you can choose a yeah, schnupperler. There was, yeah, yeah uh, have, one of those yeah. things that you can go a couple of weeks and try a job out and whatever, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so they told me, look, that's what's possible. That's what we have. Those are the apprenticeships, the jobs. And I'm like, I look at it and like, nothing interests me. And I was just very honest. It was nothing that interested me from this list. So then, um, then I'm saying, yeah, nothing interests me. I want to become an artist, an actor or a dancer, you know, something like this. And then he gave up. And then later on, he told this to the boarding school. And I was really proud. I'm like, I, you know, I, I stood my ground. I stood up for what I want, what I believe in. Mm -hmm. And later on, he yeah, talked to them. And that's when the, the thing came up that, you know, a girl was running to me from the boarding school where I was living. So I like the, the home, the house, right? There were different houses, but the one I was living in. So this girl came running to me and said, like, hey, the house father said that you are me mentally disabled behind yeah, your crazy. back. And I'm like, yeah, I was I was hurt. I was disappointed. I, I you know, I, yeah. I. How old were you then? Yeah, that was also like 15, 16. In okay, this, so towards yeah. the end of your staying in the boarding school. Yeah, exactly. So, so how, like how did that how did that affect you? So, you know, you, you seem to have very clear direction in your life already very early, right? With the artistry and all that. But yeah. hearing all this kind of stuff, yeah, you can't do this, you can't do that, and then you're mm -hmm. mentally retarded as well, and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. How did that affect you? If did it did it drive you even more, or did it give you was there a time where where you perhaps thought, man, maybe maybe all these people are right. Maybe I just yeah. don't get a normal job. The, the yeah, reason yeah. why I say this is because a lot of our listeners, list, you know, they, they, they go through some stuff in their life. Perhaps, you know, they're older people. You know, they may mm -hmm. be my age or maybe they are just in their 30s or 40s, whatever. Or maybe mm -hmm. in their 20s, whatever. But if you grow up or if you have you know, had a lot of people around you who constantly tell you that that's no good, that you're not going to do this, you're never going to make it there, da-da-da. A lot of people grow older by never achieving, by never really going after their goals or their dreams. And yes, all of a sudden yeah. they wake up one day, usually, you know, like I'm 52 and a lot of time in the in your 40s, you hear a lot of time, you know, especially, you know, with males, you see them buying a nice car or a Harley or whatever, you know, that midlife crisis of yeah. understanding mm -hmm. like, dude, I am already 40, 45, whatever, 50. 
and mm-hmm. I'm doing a job that I don't really love. I mean, it sucks. Every day yeah. going to work, it's a bitch. And yeah. I realized that back then I wanted to do completely something different. But mm-hmm. they might never have done that. So how was it for you at that young age? Did it drive you? Did it hold you back? And if it did hold you back, how did you break through that? Yeah. And if yeah. you were strong and, and still driven, how did you stay driven with all the people around you saying that's all bullshit? Yeah, so yeah, that's a great, great question because I feel like when I look back, it was a constant fight of the doubts. Like, yeah, maybe they're right. Maybe something is wrong with me. I had this feeling a long time that something is just wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And because I was different, right? Mm-hmm. I felt like I'm different, but I what we want is to be accepted and loved for who we are. Oh. And I was creative. I, the, those were my dreams. I, I, I could suppress them, but then I felt sad, right? I felt there was an inner sadness because I, so I, but for me, luckily somehow, <laughs> it was always hard to, to fit in. I, I couldn't do it. It just was not possible for me, which is kind of like a curse and a gift because sometimes mm. I looked at my brother who was a bit better to fit in. He's also very special and he has very, you know, his own talents. And he's also a very, very sensitive person. He, he's a great, great person. Has, and I see that he, he will do great stuff. Um, but I, in the beginning, it seemed like he could fit in a bit more. And for me, it was like, oh, so hard to fit in. So I was like, why can I just not be normal, right? And so, yeah, maybe they are right. Maybe I need to do this. The problem was just I couldn't. I, I couldn't do it for long. Everything that was not, didn't fit to my core to who I am I couldn't do it I couldn't do it for long it was just not possible so mm. that's why I mean like kind of a curse at the moment right when I was doubting and thinking like why can I just be normal but on the other hand looking now I'm like that's actually good that's that's why I'm now living my dream and, and doing my oh, own thing for right sure absolutely yeah. man yeah totally so yeah it, that, it, that that pushing through got you where you are today and you know painting yeah. those amazing pictures you know paintings that you got behind you which I've been looking at the whole time. I'm like, man, I want to ask what these paintings are about, but we're going to get there in a minute for sure. So when was the moment then when all of this happened, right? Okay, people telling you, you're not going to become an artist. You're not going to do this, get a normal job, all this kind of stuff, right? That we all Mm -hmm. hear, unfortunately. Uh, Stop Mm -hmm. dreaming. That's one of the bigger ones. Yeah, stop dreaming. It's all bullshit, whatever, get a job. Mm -hmm. When was it the point for you where you said, you know what, stuff you all, I ain't going to care. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to listen to anybody anymore. When was that moment for you? When was that breakthrough where you said, I'm taking a decision and I'm going with this? So there were several. So when this happened with like, you know, telling me behind my back, I'm mentally disabled. Then mm-hmm. um, then when we needed to make the decision, you know, we were sitting at the table uh, with some, you know, the father from my ex-girlfriend who mm-hmm kind of took some responsibility which was great it was great to have somebody like that yeah, father um, figure or a man man figure right exactly yeah so mm-hmm. it was good it was good but they were all, all sitting together and kind of agreeing yeah for me it will be hard or pro- probably impossible to find anything you know an apprenticeship outside and that was like uh, that was for me that was one moment where I got super determined and mm-hmm. I said no to the acting school because I, I wanted to go out of there I was like I was done with it so that was a moment I got so determined and said, I will show them. And it was schnuppern. I don't know how you say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't like, know how schnuppern is, but uh, it's like, it's you no, know, you, you, you were, I mean, because I grew up where, where, where um, Oliver, you know, in Switzerland, 
So Schlupfenlehre yeah. is like a two-week period where you can go and 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 check out a job and and whatever. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know in English what what that is called, but I'm pretty sure you, you check that understand what what we mean. It's yeah, it's kind of like a way for for young kids to go and check out a job and and so on. So exactly. Forth. So yeah. yeah. So I did that. And I think I wasn't too weak. I think it was a weekend or something. Uh -huh. um, but I, I think I just got two jobs. And I was like, okay, sales, like retail sales seems okay. You know, the rest was really very specific knowledge into like electrician, uh, like the Mahler painter. But oh, the yeah, painter, painter yeah. Uh -huh. that, that was boring, of course. I'm like, I don't want to paint walls. That's so boring. <laughs> you, you need to, you just need to do like up. And down. Yeah, and I'm like, well, I would, Look I at the paintings behind you. you. That's 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 a painter, right? That's a, yeah, that's, that's organic. the artist. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So there was also like, you know, there are so many specific jobs, and I was like, no, no, I don't. Wanna, I'm just not interested in these things. So I'm like, let's just do the sales job. You know, the retail sales job. I think then I go on the people. I think there could be. I could do it. That was the thought. Uh -huh. I could uh -huh. do that. And I could be good at that, I was thinking. So, yeah, so I got, I, I think it just, yeah, just went for two. And then I got offered both jobs. And, mm -hmm. and they were, like, blown away. They're, like, they couldn't believe it, right? That, you know, I got two jobs. So, actually, in the normal world, somebody valued me and wanted me. And I felt uh -huh. really proud. And in the end, I chose one. And, and I went out of there. And that, so there was a breakthrough moment. Like, me, them telling me these things. And I'm, I was just, like, I'm done. I, I'm going to show them. And I can also remember when I was at the checking out these jobs, I was so present and I, I was so confident because I just knew what I wanted. And, and, and it felt great. And it felt really great to get that, to get this apprenticeship, even though it wasn't what I really wanted. At this moment, that's what I wanted. I wanted to go out of there yeah, and get this job so I, I, I have more freedom. Um, but after two years, I actually broke it up because I, I realized that's, not, that's just not me. Again, everybody told me, finish it you know in switzerland we finish stuff you need to finish the yeah, yeah. Don't leave you have the paper. Middle. <laughs> yeah yeah you know, the, the, you know then you have the paper and you get paid more blah 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 and i needed to listen to that again like it took me again like so much time to you know it's hot if you have a if you feel something but everybody tells you otherwise oh, it's like really hot it's like you you have you're in a battle you're in a fight most people live like that by the way yeah and i saw that people I, I live like that bro you know, yeah, most do what they don't like to do. Most people do what they don't like to do. Yeah. You get up in the morning, yeah. the alarm is going on. It's, you know, you, yeah. you're dreading, you're in the car and you're going out. Yeah. Don't want to do. Most people do that. It's, it's absolutely exactly. crazy. So that's why what, I say time, I, what, what age was that for you? Yeah, there was 16. So I went out and I, I think, yeah, 16. So, or 17 even, there could be okay. 17. So I was there two years. So. 18, 19, I stopped. Right, okay. And, so it's and, it's six years from now, you know. I want, I want people to, to understand this is only six years ago where mm -hmm. at the time there was there was a dream, but it was it was not coming together, right? You were going completely yeah. different direction. Yeah. And yeah. it's only six years. That's what I want to say to people. Man, change does not doesn't have to have happened 50 years ago, 20 years ago. In mm -hmm. six years, mm -hmm. something can change so radically. So anybody can do that, right, Oliver? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, like, like again, yeah, it was it was not easy. You know, I had all these doubts oh, and all the sure. naysayers, basically. Mm -hmm. But I still did it because I'm like. But I also was also I was always looking for help, like people that I believe in, like role models, because that's what mm -hmm. we need. 
usually our parents should be role models or like like not just parents because it's a lot of pressure on parents but like the ideal scenario would be for a kid to grow up in a community Absolutely. with great people right like mm -hmm. not just parents parents are there but a bit you know they also have other role models in the community they could choose from and talk to and and look up to that would be the ideal that's actually my vision for for when i have kids that would be my vision for for mm -hmm. kids growing up mm -hmm. um so yeah i was looking for role models because i just didn't have it right and also in the apprenticeship i mean they were not role models i was a rebel so i'm like i had teachers right and i'm like why why am i listening it, it sounds harsh but i'm really like why am i lis listening to this teacher what did he <laughs> achieve in his life is he is he happy he doesn't yeah, look happy uh, at all. He looks uh, sad, frustrated. He does a job he doesn't actually like. He doesn't like us, uh, you know. So true. So I was like, why do I listen to him? So again, the rebel in me questioning. Um, I think, you know, questioning is not always easy because some you, you often see like, oh, you know, the world isn't like. Why I thought are you it. asking, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But this, this, this made me free questioning people so i was like okay i don't want to listen to these people I, they are not happy they're making they, they didn't achieve much in their life right they're, they're having stress all the time and blah 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 so I'm, i was looking for role models and i found a, my first mentor very early on he was a fitness um kind of he was a fitness coach looked mm -hmm. really great and i was into fitness back then which also helped me you know to find a new passion so fitness was very long a passion and i you know, went to the gym and got really disciplined and found a purpose uh, also, before that, it was a bit hard to get into that because I had the wrong people, you know, part. That was in the apprenticeship. And that's funny, like, when we're doing something we don't like, we need to, we start, you know, going to parties on the weekend becomes so important because we hate the week, right? Oh, really? The weekend becomes the, the center of our life, of our joy. But it's very fleeting because after that, you go back to your work. Oh, so, it, 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 so that's what I needed Absolutely. to go through. So I had the wrong friends. Uh, you know, we... we they can say it openly, but I tried drugs. Uh, I drank alcohol on weekends, but I, it, it was never my thing. I, I always felt like, you know, I was questioning again, like, what's happening with me? Why am I doing that? Why am not, I, I am not happy? You know, like something was just wrong. So at one point I'm like, there was a breakthrough again, like cut off my friends. Sorry, because, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you need to set your boundaries and just go, just, you know, take, I needed to, you know, I was alone with myself a long time. And I think that was also like towards the end of the apprenticeship. And then I met the mentor, said goodbye mm -hmm. to my friends that were not a good influence where we, you know, were drinking. Every time they came, uh, you know, they were smoking weed, doing this stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. This cannot be life. I want to, I'm here for more. I always had this feeling. And so the mentor, yeah, the mentor showed me, he was already, he achieved something. He was like, had a great body, seemed happy. Uh, you know, it, it, he helps people, he achieved things. And I'm like, I want to learn from somebody like that. And so he supported me, actually, my decision to quit my job, my apprenticeship. Oh, wow. And yeah, so he was the only person. There were like 10 people against it. And he was, the, no, no, my mom, my mom was, of course, my mom, you know, I got good things from my mom too. She had her own struggles, which I understand today more as a sensitive person in this world, understanding certain things. And my mom, at this time, she had nobody to talk about that. She was very wow. spiritual, reading the spiritual books, nobody to talk about. That was like, that was much harder. Like my grandmother doesn't talk about these things. She wow. didn't have a father, right? So they were like tough. They were like, so I can understand this must, must have been super hard. I at least had like a brother where mm -hmm. we, we were very much connected and we went into spirituality and personal growth together because I found uh, that's a breakthrough 
moment quickly. <laughs> I had so many breakthrough moments. Yeah, but that's I, good. <laughs> that was also while I was in the apprenticeship and I was questioning stuff and I was coming, you know, from my boarding school, there was like, a, it was so hidden. I didn't see the real world. So in Zurich, I saw like people running, people are unhappy. Something was just wrong. I didn't want to charge, but it just felt like something is wrong here. And so I started to ask myself, what's the purpose of life? And then with 17, I was in, in holidays with my brother and my father in Chicago. So I saw my father later on in, on vacation often. And so I just Googled, like, what's the purpose of life? I put it in YouTube. And then I saw a movie in German. It was like, what was what, this? Der Sinn des Lebens in German. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> and it was about, uh, they showed, like, they made, like, a documentary, but also a movie. It was really made well. So, so it was interesting for me. It was Eckhart Tolle was speaking about the now. Uh -huh. Mm -hmm. And the time doesn't exist, these things. And the Matrix was in there, you know, mm -hmm. like scenes out of the movie and then explained. And for me, it was like, that's the first time, the first time in my life uh, I heard these things. But for me, it was like, for me, it was like, I felt at home. I felt like I arrived at home and I found answers. Finally, I was like, I knew there is more. And, and then I was already like, should I, should I show it to my brother? I don't show it to my father's father, you know, like, no, no. But to my brother, maybe? He was two years younger, so he was like 15 at the time. And I'm like, yeah, maybe he will think he, that I'm crazy, that I'm, you know, something is wrong with me. And so, so many did. And then I'm like, no, let's show it to him. And I showed it to him and I was already, what will be his reaction? And he was like, wow, this is amazing. And so <laughs> we both went on to this journey together. So that was, that was a blessing, I would say, that I was so close to my brother and we could share these things with each other. So I told him about my coach. So he came on board as well. And we read books together, uh, shared the stuff we learned. So at a very early age, uh, started meditating and all the, and that's when the questioning started. That's when I stopped with the alcohol, the parties, the, the weed, all this stuff that was destructive and got this coach. And, and then at one point I said like, now I'm done. Um, because I couldn't listen. It, it, it happens often to me when I'm done, I actually, and don't make the decision yet. You know, it, it's it, it, it's already done, but I didn't take the decision. So I usually get very distracted. I cannot concentrate anymore. That happened in school. So I, I, I my, my, my notes, do you say notes? You know, mm -hmm. the, 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 notes, the yeah. no, Norton, mm -hmm. they were like, they were low. They were so low that it was almost impossible to save them. <laughs> and my father was already, my father wanted to finish it. And he already said he will get, get me a private teacher and all these things. I'm like, no, no, I don't want to do that. You know, I had like ones and twos in Switzerland. But it's so funny. Like we, we try so hard oh, to, get, to get a six, to get a five, to be good at school. If you're interested or not, it's so funny. And I, just, I don't see a purpose in it. So There's nothing, There's like nothing you can take yeah. out, right? As long as you don't want to become a mathematician and use algebra and all the other bullshit or, yeah. or whatever, what's the point of all this stuff? I, I totally yeah. agree, you know. It's but, like, man, I got to yeah. salute you, man, at 17 to find out about Eckhart Tolle and, and finding out about meditation and finding out about all this kind of stuff. Uh, man, uh, at 17, I was totally uh, like, man, I wouldn't even know what the sin of, of the sleep and so the, 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 the purpose of life at 17 for me, it was like, forget about it. I was so, so far away from all this. So man, good on you for having, you. you know, really looked into it for me back then. It was terror. It was for me, it was all about being seen. I, I didn't know who I was and, and, you know, we're talking now, um, 
we're talking now 85, 86, right? A bit yeah. different times. But yeah. it, man, I wish I had all that kind of stuff, that information or or even just that mindset of, of asking myself, what is the purpose of life? If I ask mm -hmm. myself that question at 17, you know, <laughs> I don't know where I was today, but I believe mm -hmm. everything happens for a reason and it's all good, yeah. you know, but yeah. it's great to find people, you know, that are young and that are already on that, you know, asking those questions, you know, everybody wants to be successful. Everybody wants to achieve things, whatever, but yeah, you know, most of my clients are in my age group, the forties, late thirties, forties and fifties. And man, I can tell you that a lot of people, a lot of people are unhappy and a lot of people only start now at that age to ask themselves, what is life really about? You know, it's that mm -hmm. moment when you are in front of the mirror, looking at mm -hmm. yourself and say, man, I thought I was way further ahead by now. And who the mm -hmm. hell am I? You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's reality for a lot of people, you know? So for you to, to get to there at 17, 18 years old, man, good on you, bro. Tell you that. Thank you. Yeah. I feel lucky. I, I don't know why this happened. Right. But, it just, I don't know. I guess my no. I believe that the kids that come now, the new generation is, because we we are collective consciousness as well, right? So really. like the if we work because like when my mom was at in her time, she was the only one, and and I guess when at this time when you ask yourself these questions, you get scared first because mm -hmm. you know that nobody understands you, and then you maybe express something to someone you trust, like your mom or somebody, and then they put you down. So. You know, so I think it was like harder then and now it gets easier and easier. And I think also our kids then, the ne next generation, will become already much more receptive to these things. I, I believe so. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I, I mean, I work as a coach, but also I practice shamanism for many years. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the people that, that come to, you know, my retreats and stuff are people from all ages, you know, early 20s, mid 20s. But also 40s, mm -hmm. 50s, 60s, you know. Uh, yeah. I even had a 70-year-old one time. Um, so the that um that moment where that question comes up, you know, who am I? And also oh. how can I heal? You know, there's yeah. a lot of people yeah. in the 40s, 50s that are that are sick of bringing around that weight of the trauma of the past and all yeah. that unresolved things that that you know people carry. And mm -hmm. when they come to our retreats, you know, it's it's a quite a powerful moment. And I totally understand you when you say it's it's you know it's quite delicate to speak about all this stuff because a lot of people, I mean, if I go to my next door neighbor and talk about this, he'll tell me I'm I'm crazy. That's all bullshit, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But yeah. it is thank God it's it's more and more and more coming into people's life. Because mm -hmm. I think, especially the world we live in now, and don't get me wrong, we have a lot of things that, you know, I didn't have when I was 20 and definitely my parents didn't have or your parents perhaps didn't have and that are available today. But today life is very different, especially right now, the way the world is right now. Man, mm -hmm. it's a very delicate time. And if you do not find... Um, outlets where you can really ask those questions who am i and what am i doing here and what's the purpose of life and so on and so forth yeah. you can get sucked in in the system that is right now and that's not a good place i can tell you that i don't think yeah. it's going to be a good transition what is happening right now 
because I mm-hmm. think it'd be a law, a huge change in the world. Um, yeah. huge, massive change. And yeah. if, like you said before, the, con- the, 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 you know, the collective consciousness, if that doesn't go in the right direction right now, it can turn very ugly. So, um, yeah, I see the two. It's a, it's a very important time. And that's why even the work I do as you know, shamanism, I follow a very ancient tradition. It's, it's 3,500 years old. Um, mm-hmm very very ancient but it's in the normal world it's prohibited you are not allowed to to hold these kind of retreats right they 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 are not allowed mm. you know mm. and and it's crazy because we live in you know 2021 and yet there are practices in the world that you are not allowed doing and to tell you the honest truth even in 1460 whenever it was that the spanish you know, invaded South America, which are um, where this tradition that I follow come from. Um, they were not allowed then either. You know, they 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 were they were pushed to shut everything down. They will kill all the shamans, all the healers, all those mm. people that will get rid of them. And that mindset or that view of the usage of these um, medicines and rituals and so on and so forth, still today. You know, some 500 years later are still not accepted by society. Thank God people are fighting and there is, you know, more and more they're allowing bits and pieces to come through. And they see that research shows that those, those, um, uh, you know, I guess not the rituals, but more the medicines that are used mm-hmm. are very powerful for people, mm-hmm. especially, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I have worked with people with anxiety, depression, trauma, childhood things, um, you know, many, 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 many different things. But yet, it's, uh, you got to keep it very low. Now you're saying, well, why are you talking about it? Because I don't give a shit. I, I, you know, it is what it is. I, I stand for what I do and I believe in this because shamanism for me has been what healed me. I yeah, started yeah. with a psychologist. I started with therapy, medication to overcome my trauma, my pain, my anxiety, my depression, and so on and so forth. That mm-hmm. did fit to me. You know, it, mm-hmm. it did not work for me. Me talking to this guy over and over and over, telling him my story, which was just pain, didn't solve mm-hmm. any problems. Then I got a coach, which helped me a lot at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But eventually that stagnated because as well, coaching in the traditional way is very much focused on your external journey. I call it the ex- you know outer and inner journey. And yeah. mm-hmm. coaching approaches outer journey. Okay, let's mm-hmm. go after the goal. Let's go thrive and let's be successful. Mm-hmm. But when I had a coach... You know, I missed my inner journey. Like I was completely lost. Yes, I made a million dollars and I was, you know, a a, a seven-figure business, 22 stuff and everything, but I was completely lost, right? Mm, And so I needed something different, which was for me shamanism. And now today I coach, right? I'm a coach myself, but I use both modalities, the, the modern combined with the ancient. The outer mm. journey combined to the internal journey. And that's yeah. why now it works uh, for a lot of my clients and so on and so forth. But what you're saying is absolutely true. That mm. um, yeah. that approach in our life and you having it, again, you having it find it so early, man, 
So good for you, bro. Thank you. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like I, I agree so much with, with so many gold nuggets that that you just said. Now it it's. I mean, I tried um, medicine like mm -hmm. ayahuasca. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm, okay. That's that's like we. There are so many things we don't know. So oh. many things we cannot see. Right. It's just like this material world. We think that's so real, but it isn't. And also, Absolutely. like how we can heal ourselves, because I had the experience that Ayahuasca Where did you myself. do that? In Switzerland. Oh, like right, okay. Two good friends. Maybe if they watched it anytime, Daniel and Julia. Uh -huh. um, hello to you. Um, <laughs> they are great people and they're also great role models. And they, they are also, go, they went to this on this journey of shamanism. Mm -hmm. And they, because of him, I actually did the Ayahuasca. He encouraged oh. me to do that and was always a bit like, Ooh, you know, I'm not sure this sounds like like a big thing. Like I not I wasn't I wasn't scared, but I had respect. And but because of him, I I, I said I will do it. And it was amazing, right? It was oh, like yeah. it, it goes so deep. It, it's like it, it goes even in your genes, your DNA, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So it's like the, the the world is not as real as we of course we are as human beings, we live on this earth and it's solid right but you know there are tools that where you can go deeper and actually heal Absolutely. from 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 a deeper level it's it's difficult to explain but it's really like yeah you you heal like your your mind your spirit your soul everything your body it, like i felt really it cl cleansed cl cleansed my body my mind my spirit because the spirit is is the traumas right which mm. you don't even see like i had uh there are so many things we don't even see. I mean, I had um, an experience of like watching Hercules yeah. <laughs> as a kid. And, and I was often watching that. I was, you know, getting like pulling the sofa, sofa the couch up as a kid. And, and in Ayahuasca, I actually realized that it made me a lot of pressure to be, to be someone that's impossible to be, to be yeah. Hercules, which is impossible. It's, it's, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I don't man. know. I, I've done hundreds of ayahuasca ceremonies. Yeah. Like, it's incredible. It, so yeah. it was just like, I also experienced in the ayahuasca like, like feelings of ecstasy. Like, so, like yeah. I think it was the feminine energy because we had two, two people, like a man and a woman that mm -hmm. were watching us. Mm -hmm. And so in the end, they put some oil or some, some aesthetic, no, how do you say okay. it? Like some hysterics oils. Mm -hmm. So some special mm -hmm. oils. And, and so she put it on me and then I felt like ecstatic. And I think that was the feminine energy. So it's like, you know, there's so much we don't see, so much we don't, we cannot even Absolutely. feel. Oh my it's, God. It's incredible. It, and yeah, and it's, the, the, the energy that you felt is from the ayahuasca because ayahuasca is called Madre Ayahuasca, Mother Ayahuasca. So mm. the energy that comes from, from that medicine is feminine. Obviously, the medicine has both polarity, masculine and feminine, but predominantly within ayahuasca is is the feminine energy that a lot of people feel. So yeah, absolutely, amazing. yeah. So I that work was... with ayahuasca, but I do not serve ayahuasca. I work with a, with a different with a counterpart of ayahuasca, which is San Pedro, which is masculine, uh, very ancient. It's uh, it, it's the grandfather. Rather than ayahuasca is the mother, San Pedro yeah. or Wachuma is the grandfather. So that's the the, the medicine and the work that I that I do and and integrate with my work. So cool. those those um those um medicines are very powerful, 
And those mm-hmm. actually, the, 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 there's a third one, Peyote, which you probably heard of before. Uh, that's Central America, so Mexico and and uh, Southern North America, so Texas, Arizona, all that kind of area. Uh, mm-hmm. So those are the three main medicines of this world: Peyote, Ayahuasca, mm-hmm. and, and San Pedro or Huachuma. Uh, so those are very powerful um, tools if you get across a a good facilitator, someone that has a lot of training and so on and so yeah. forth, because you don't want to stuff around with this stuff because it's very yeah. powerful yeah. and it can go yeah. wrong very quickly. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but man, yeah, Th- man, also- this is amazing, man, that you had tried that, that you already have experience with that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I wanted to try everything because I, like when you start questioning, you also start to realize that our world, yeah, is quite broken. <laughs> not, oh, not everywhere. There are good things, of course, but yeah, oh, also absolutely, the world absolutely. is broken, and we are broken too from the programming. 100%. So I kind of went on a journey to heal, and so for me, it was for first not about success, really. For me, it was just really about being happy and, yeah. and, and healing myself because I realized it's so hard to be happy. Why is it so hard? Oh, it should be natural, right? But it's because mm-hmm. of all those layers of uh, programming and blockages we had it's so hard to actually be who we are and be happy which should be the 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 normal like a normal thing like the easiest thing actually Mm -hmm. so i went on this journey and uh and i tried all you ask and was great and uh because i met you know that's what the thing when you i needed to say i need to set boundaries and say goodbye to my old friends that were not a good influence and i needed to stay alone for a while and and find my 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 going to this inner journey with meditation yeah. and everything and then i started attracting these people and then suddenly these people so i started attracting more and more and more today i'm just like i know like i don't know i know 50 people even more we are talking about the same things all the time not you know details are a bit different not not everybody knows it are you asking but kind of these things you know spirituality personal growth it's it so it just you know but in the beginning it was difficult to find somebody to talk to oh, man. Very careful very careful of talking about these things and 100% and, you know, yeah so yeah so you came across so you boarding school all of that it's a uh, incredible mm-hmm. journey right you went through mm-hmm. and now i guess you're in your 20s are, are we around there what are, what about are, are we in time 26 yeah okay but when you uh-huh Mm-hmm. Fully took that road of okay. Now I'm gonna be an artist. This is what I do. Stuff everything else. I do not care. This is my yeah, path. Yeah. When was that about? Oh. How how long oh. ago was that? So um, so there was a moment when I quit the job, right, and mm-hmm. the apprenticeship, and there was a there was a good journey somehow. Like I was mm-hmm. then fully into fitness, and that was mm-hmm. where, where I met my first mentor. That was mm-hmm. around probably twenty. Okay. And my mentor Mahima. Maybe she's what? Probably not. She's very busy. She's probably not watching this. But I want to say thank you to Mahima. Uh-huh. She was my 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 first. I mean, no, there was this other mentor, but she was like the mentor. I I was, you know, my first mentor was more also focused on out outer, right? right? So like mm-hmm. success, body, yeah. fitness. Yeah. So yeah. it was great. But I felt like I need. I want a spirituality. I want to figure out these deep questions. Mm-hmm. And so she was the first in that. And I met her in a in a in a meditation session, and I fell in love. I couldn't even speak really English back then, and, mm-hmm. and she, she spoke English. But I felt everything. I could, you know, we, we were meditating for hours, and I was meditating before, but you know, ten minutes, twenty minutes at home, and didn't go that deep. But with her, like, go, went super deep. So I went on this journey, 
we fought her for like I know her now since yeah six years roughly so since mm -hmm. I'm 20 and um, yeah and then I you know I did this and kept questioning and kept looking for things I still felt a bit lost I still didn't know what to do so after quitting the apprenticeship I got just part-time jobs here and there at one point I was working at Burger King um, I also became at this point I was vegetarian and then became vegan working in Burger King so that's also <laughs> like okay I need the money but at this I'm not standing behind that you know again like not just working in a job for money like no no hey yeah. wh why can I stand behind what they're doing that's more the yeah. questions we should ask if you're looking for a job right not just you're is this paying me okay sometimes you have to and at this point I really had to find any job I just needed some money and uh, but then I went to holidays and with my brother to Chicago and then we came back and we just like I still had the job right I was still kind of uh, employed on an hourly basis but I was mm -hmm. employed and so we came back to, from Chicago that was the normal holidays and we just like let's go to India just like spontaneous so we <laughs> we prepared everything like one week later we went to India I didn't say anything to Burger King and because I just that's what I want to do right if some I don't need permission even if I, it, it, I was always like you see very my own mind and my own doing my own thing breaking the rules the, the rules from society and anyway so I went to India there was um yeah that, that's when I was yeah also 20 2021 oh wait a second I need to charge my computer so we went to India and there I also you know India crazy experience I mean wow um also went deeper in touch with my spirituality felt the deeper gratitude for everything but the, the the breakthrough moment was before we went back I was like I don't want to go back to my life I don't want to go back to my work I don't I, I just I it felt so bad to the, just the, the the feeling that I go back to Burger King to my life to working this routine all of that so I'm like okay I need to change something now I need to change something and I had always this camera with me I took photos the photos were great right they were I was really good I was just it just came natural so I was like I will become a photographer I will go back quit this job and become a photographer and that's exactly what I did well I mean they called me and said like hey where were you you know we actually didn't know you were gone and I'm like <laughs> yeah I know just, just disappeared <laughs> yeah just disappeared I mean I wrote it down you know but sure. it was too short notice I didn't get permission I just like I am in ho on holidays from then to then but without, <laughs> See you later. without get yeah without getting a yes or anything because I'm like I don't care they cannot say no because I'm going right um <laughs> So yeah, they said, yeah, I think it's better, you know, if you go, if we end this uh, working relationship. And I'm like, I think that's a great idea. I anyway, wanted to do that. So anyways, it was funny. So I, I stopped working there. And uh, and then I, I, I somehow, I don't know how this happened exactly, but a friend of mine was a good photographer. So I guess I contacted him. And so we started building this business together. We created a website. He showed me everything. He showed me how the camera works because I had the eye. But I didn't know how really a camera works. I just, you know, I had this these settings that everything is automatic. And he showed me how you can, you know, change the settings and so create different effects. So yeah, we created the website. We started going. We I think I got already first, of course, we needed to get some photos. And I had a lot of fun with it. I also get so got some customers, but you know, not enough to to live from it. So I still had part-time jobs here and there. And at one point, 
there was the moment when I said, I go to Basel because I felt like if I go to a different place, I might, you know, be more inspired and then everything explodes and I, you know, make money. And so again, I said, like, I quit everything, no jobs anymore, just photography. And that was a great idea. I was excited. But when I was there. How old um, were you then? Yeah, I think 21. 21. Okay. The reason why I asked the, the age is I want people to understand how your journey was, right? The, mm -hmm. the steps by steps that you take. Because a lot of people think, oh, yeah, you did that and it took you 20 years to do that. No, there's little adjustment throughout your life, right? The little mm -hmm. adjustment. Yep. But you had a vision. You had a, you have a direction. And you just follow that, right? Yeah, yeah. Every yeah. so often, that next step, that next adjustment, that next thing, and yeah. just going after, you know, because yeah. that's 21. That's only five years ago. That's that's nothing. <laughs> that's literally nothing. Okay, mm -hmm. so it's it's amazing to see the progress of, you know, a 26-year-old man starting from little through boarding school, going through all that you know, trauma and everything that happened from there through all the people that don't believe and tell you to, you know, stop dreaming and not doing anything to just continuing on and finding yourself, traveling to India, doing all the things. Mm -hmm. It's a very short time, you know. This is yeah. why I want people to understand. This is the life artist that, that you know, this show <laughs> is about. It's the artist mm -hmm. of his life. It's painting, constantly painting, yeah. adjusting shadows and lights and, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So this is amazing. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. So keep going. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. it's really like you experiment, you take risks, you you go yeah. for stuff, right? You don't wait too long. And I, I felt like my life was always like, you know, sometimes like, why can't my life just be a bit more calm and easier? But you know, I, I, I couldn't. <laughs> I wanted to try things. I was... Yeah, it's just how it was for me. It's got, I guess, also a bit my personality because my brother was a bit more calm. That's why I'm always like, why can't my life be more calm? Because I looked at my brother. There was everything so smooth. And with me, it's like the, like explosion, cut, next thing, <laughs> risk, uh, didn't work. And it like, was always like this. Um, but today I started to <laughs> accept it and uh, also deal with it differently. But yeah, back to the story. Um, so I went to Basel, yeah, the new city. I thought new beginning. And uh, I was already quite good at photography, but the problem was I had zero idea about business. I was very shy. I had still very a lot of traumas and blockages that I never, yeah, that I was I, I wasn't ready really to build a business. And I think the the biggest thing was the shyness that I needed to overcome. And so yeah, I mean I, I had an apartment, needed to go out, didn't find an apartment. Then I was on the street with my brother. I don't even know where I went that night, but we were like all with all my stuff on the street, thinking about what should we do now? Because we didn't have a car. Uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't living in his own apartment. So I also couldn't really go there. Um, I, I really don't remember what happened with my stuff, but we sold a, we sold a guitar on the street back then. It was funny. Um, I, I think I got rid of some stuff. And then in the end, I have just very little stuff. And then, you know, a friend from my brother had a friend and she... She moved out of an apartment earlier so I could go there. So I had an was living in this empty apartment, but with a bed. And then again, same story. Like I, I was, I was, I was playing guitar. I was singing, doing my cold showers, but I just couldn't get uh, to. Um, oh, there is somebody listening to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool. listen, brother. It's a That's good story. Awesome. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was creative. You know, I was still finding myself, and. 
And so I needed to go out again. Still didn't have an apartment. Had, and I had no money. So it didn't make sense to even look for an apartment. This was already like two months in trying to build my business. Yeah. So and then I, yeah, then I went to a photo shooting with a model and the TV, Basel, Basel TV or something, uh-huh. um, came to film us. And I was like, that's an op- opportunity. But it was, it was Saturday, Saturday. And it was the moment I needed to move out of the apartment, but I had no solution. And I went to the shooting and a friend told me, he was really angry. He said, what are you doing? You need to look for an apartment. You cannot go to the shooting. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I felt I, I want to be in TV. So, <laughs> so <laughs> you know, I want to make my mom proud. I, said, I showed my mom the, the TV show then and she was like very proud. Anyways, um, so I was there, right? And she got another photographer. She didn't tell me about that. So I was like, why, why do we not need a second photographer? I'm good, you know? But anyway, so we had the shooting, the TV was there, it was fun. And at 12, around yeah, 12 noon, I needed to go because I got really nervous. I'm like, what should I do? I have no solution. Do I need to be on the street again? And then I you know, said, I need to go. And they were like, why are you going? I mean, we just you know, get going, like we, we get into the flow. And then I told them the truth that I, have no, I, sh- I felt ashamed of that, of course. So I didn't want to tell them. But then I said it, said, you know what? I, I don't have an apartment. I don't know what to do. I have no money. And then the guy, the, the second photographer, was a real estate agent. And and I, I, that was incredible. I'm like, how, how big are the chances? So he made a few phone calls, like phone calls, and then he got me an, an apartment for free. Uh, and, and I was like, can you imagine that? And it, uh-huh, it's just dude. like, Actually, I cannot imagine that because I lived in Switzerland and to get an apartment in society, if you're listening to this from anywhere in the world, to get an apartment in Switzerland without any paperwork or a job or any money, forget about it, (laughs) right? I guess that's everywhere in the world, but definitely in Switzerland, it's tough. So for you getting a, a, you know, a a free apartment, this is amazing, dude. And and, and, I mean, I was so, it, it didn't make sense to go to the shooting. Right, it, because I needed to look for solutions, but I still went for it. And then there is a real estate agent, oh. and like, got me an apartment. I was just like, wow. it was amazing. So that's I already, you know, believed in the universe, the higher power, and I just felt very much supported. It was like, you know, keep going, keep going. You, you, are, you are protected. You're supported. Mm. And so, yeah, so that was great. And then I was sleeping, but there I had no mattress because it was really em- empty. So I was mm-hmm. sleeping on. Uh, I don't even know what I, I slept on the floor. Maybe you know a towel to make it a bit yeah, more yeah, comfortable. Uh-huh. And then I also had a towel that you use for the shower uh-huh. to to cover to myself. Cover and that was, yeah, and I, I had almost <laughs> nothing. I think I threw everything uh-huh. away. I had a few more books left and so on. I had like just a little bit little things that I own. And so I was sleeping on the floor for I guess, I think like another two months, and uh, I, I didn't have food. And I don't know if you know no food sharing, but I think that's quite new in Switzerland. Uh-huh, and no, it's like, yeah, there are like different places, uh-huh. like different points. You can, there is an app, right? So food sharing, you go to the app, then you see different places where they put food. Like just, you, you can put your food that is not good anymore there and somebody can get it. So oh, this is like actually wow. food that's not good. Like from the date, it's already bad. But you sometimes you got things that you still could eat. So I actually went there with the bicycle to get free food because I didn't have money to buy food. And I remember they had wine, they had white wine in the home left in this empty apartment. So I, I had bread 
and some wine because so it's not so dry. So I dunk my bread <laughs> into the wine. So I have that's legendary, man. Yeah, so that's that's actually that's a freaking life artist, bro. That's a yeah, life artist. Not only the artist that paints a picture, but the life artist that freaking creates his life. Hey, that's amazing, yeah. bro. Yeah, I wanted to try because, I mean, this system is so rigid, right? Everybody wants to follow totally. the system and they don't want to go out of the system. They're like, oh, what happens if I don't have money for a month? Or what happens if I don't have a job for a month? People cannot even do that. They're scared of going out of the system. Totally. So I, I kind of like, I went deep down into the, you know, like really on the floor of going out of the system, like how, how bad it can get. And yeah, on one point I was really, of course, uh, it was not a nice experience. I was on one point I was like, I, 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 exactly. So on one point I thought uh, I went for a walk because, you know, I had, you know, that, but I think if you go that deep down without money and anything, you need to, I had lots of negative beliefs and negative self-talk, very negative that I didn't even see. So that all my programming, all my limiting beliefs, that's why I, I actually was at this point because, you know, um, yeah, because otherwise I would probably, you know, get myself back and find customers, but I couldn't. I was just like in a very negative space somehow. And so one night I was going for a walk and there was like, a, it was really, it was like 12, 12 o'clock in the night and just need to co go out because I had so much chatter in my mind. It made me crazy. And then there's this uh, lady, uh, how do you say that? Straßenpender? No, that's a, it's a uh, bit- Like, uh, like um homeless person. Yeah, exactly. And, but she looked scary. I need to, nobody will see that in the podcast, but like somebody that's watching now, she was walking like this. Oh my God. She was really <laughs> the, the head down and was walking like this. And, and it was dark and it was not a nice area I was living in. So the apartment, of course, was just, you know, it was not a nice area there. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so she was like walking so weird, not just looking at the floor. And then she made like, she, she, I went for a walk the one direction straight. She went like back and then I looked back and she started to make a cross and went into my di direction. And, and she was, she walked, she was walking towards me all the time. And I was so scared. I thought it's a demon because I was so, I was so negative and I believe in the spiritual world. So I think if you go deep into negativity in your shadow, you never know what could happen, right? Yeah. So I was, I was scared at that point. I was like, "This is a demon," and and I was like, my heart was beating. I was, yeah, I was, I was walking very fast, and suddenly I didn't see her anymore. So I was like a bit calm, and then we went. Then I went like, um, like there was a bridge, right? So I went there straight over the bridge, and then suddenly I see somebody coming, and it was night. There was no person, not a single person was there except of this homeless person. And then I see somebody coming and I'm like, ooh, that's the homeless person again. And, and now I see her, right? Now I would see her. We were walking like close and close. And I'm like, no, that cannot be, that cannot be. No, because it was close to the main station. So I thought that could be someone else. Right. And, and, and we come close and close and close. And then, it's, then I'm like, oh, it's her. And <laughs> I, I really thought it's a demon. She was looking scary. Oh and and then, so, so we come close and close and closer. And then we just walk by. Wow. And I'm like, I was relieved. And I'm, then I, then I came, you know, she didn't say anything, nothing happened at all. And I came home and realized I created that myself. I went so deep into negativity that yeah. I create this experience yeah. for myself. And that's yeah. the moment I said, I need to change now. That's too much. Now I'm too deep into it. So at this point, I started, it was a mind switch, right? Because I, I realized mm -hmm. that's too deep. I don't go deeper than that. 
And yeah. I made the co conscious decision to get myself out of this depth of negativity. Mm. So I don't remember exactly what I did this night, but I think I think I did a, a meditation, probably, yeah, gratitude meditation from, from, from Louis Hay. And I did it mm. the next morning when I woke up as the first thing, because I knew like my mind is so negative right now, I need to reprogram it. And I did this gratitude meditation and that already helped me so much. It, it brought me back to earth kind of. It also made me accept who I am right now at this point and my life right now and my financial situation right now and everything that happened right now. And so I could make better decisions. So I actually got then, uh, went to Starbucks, was looking for a solution. I was talking to my mentor back then. She was actually saying, you have a great body. You, you're training all the time. You're, you're fit and you could be a fitness coach. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds so cool. But I just couldn't. Again, like I, I, I so many self-limiting beliefs, I couldn't. But she believed in me, which, which was really great. So I said, okay, I, I cannot do it. I don't know how to, I don't see how to do it. It will take to build that again. It will take to get customers. So, and I'm like, so already financially didn't pay my bills for several months. So I need to get a job, I guess. So I got a very uh, quick job, like uh, working on the street for, uh, how do you say that? You know, I was working on the street on the main station. Uh -huh. the, the, those are the people that are so annoying that ask you for, for, uh, to, to uh, spenden. Oh, for a, for a donation, yeah. Donation, exactly. Uh -huh. So I was working there and I was like, ooh, that's like you're all the time talking to people. But because I was so shy, I was like, that might help me. That might help me to go, go over my shyness, overcome my mm -hmm. shyness. So I got this job, went back to my mom and had this job. And then slowly I started to recover from all these experiences. I listened to Louis say every day, really every day for an hour to, and, and created a more positive self-talk. Then I listened to the artist's way, uh, read the book, the artist's mm -hmm. way. And, and this brought me then back to my core. And so I went to the inner journey again, right? Lots of more about the like meditation, gratitude, self-talk, um, my creativity, exploring that and giving myself time. So I was working in this job and, and I started slowly. I had one blockage in my school where I, where a teacher pulled my hair. I was like, that, back then I was, I think, seven years old. So this teacher pulled my hair because I, I, I dunked the brush too hard into the water. She said, like, do you know how this feels? You put the, the brush too hard into the water. That hurts the oh. brush. Do you know what? Do you want to know how it feels? So she pulled my hair. And oh. I was so small. I was so angry, but I didn't express anything. I just put it all into myself and had this night, the worst nightmare of my life. I don't want to tell the, the nightmare, but it was the, it was the worst nightmare of my life. And I saw her and it was horrible. And, and so, and that was after painting at seven years old. So all the, you know, all, all the way to the, to back then after going back to my mom and, you know, going with gratitude and self-talk and giving myself time reading the artist's way i came immediately to this blockage because she said like she wanted to us to get blockages up because mm. she was the one that said we are so many of us are artists but we are blocked somewhere along the way we got blocked something happened that blocked our creativity and for me the biggest moment was actually when this teacher pulled my hair and i got so angry and there was that when i was painting so when i solved that when i looked at that and with the exercise released that I started painting and it was like a, an explosion. It was like, at first I started painting on paper. I just did it for myself also to heal myself, to heal these experiences, especially this experience, you know, sleeping on the floor and so on. And, and I started 
wanting to paint more and more and more. So I started, I actually, people won't see this in the podcast, but uh, in the video now, that's my first painting. I changed it uh, along the way a bit, but that was the first painting I painted after this traumas. Oh, wow. I added this later on, the, the pink with the glitter, uh -huh. but uh, it was black, it was black and red and like feathers, the feathers fell off. And it was like the, the phoenix. Oh, so it was like a transformation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was a very small painting, the, really the first. Mm. I was so nervous. I can remember when I painted it. I was so nervous and there were so many limiting beliefs, you know, like the mind was like, you, you can't do that. You, you use the colors wrong. This looks bad. You're not a, all these this, this self-limiting, these beliefs, they were like, it was a loud chatter in my mind. But because of the, the book and, you know, going in this different space i could just absorb it absorb it i could yeah. i could watch it mm -hmm. i could watch it and still paint yes it was still there it was not gone it was loud it was negative it was harsh on me but i just could paint i just could listen and then with the time i started painting more and more right bigger ones and and, and the voice became quieter and quieter and uh, and i and, and so basically the point is i started painting like crazy i had like painted 40 paintings in two months and i never painted before and paint the bigger ones and start. And then I started making a professional video telling my story and painting a painting in the forest. And, 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 and so, and that's when I felt like, that was when I said, I, I don't want to have goals anymore because I failed so hard with photography, but so very naturally and slowly, it was like, whoa, that was the thing I was looking for. That's, yeah, that is, okay. this painting is so much more me. That's because I'm a creative person, mm -hmm. but I have this other thing, this, 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 um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm free. I think we are all free. It's not something we need to get, right? It's not something we need to look for. It's something um, we are. Totally. And when I was painting, I, I felt this freedom, especially with abstract work, mm. because it was no, there was no rules. There was, there was no right or wrong. And in society, so much is right or wrong. So that's also why I decided very fast for abstract. And I tried to paint the yin yang, looked actually good, but already there, like, ah, oh, the line is not perfect. This is not good. And I'm like, I'm, no, that's not what I want. So I started doing just abstract work and more and more and more. And one guy that was like somewhere there, my mom met him on the bus station. Mm -hmm. And so I came home after work, after this donation shop. And suddenly she's there with this guy. He wanted to buy some paintings from her. You know, she was an artist her whole life. Unfortunately, she never did like made something bigger out of it. But she's an artist in her core, obviously. You, you see it when you would go to her, to her home. And so he wanted to buy paintings from her and he saw one painting from me that I painted when I was 16 years old in the boarding school. Yeah. They once gave me two wooden pieces and some colors during work because they saw, they saw that I'm an artist. They, I guess they just didn't know how to really support it, but they did, they did. I mean, they gave me these two wooden pieces I could paint during work. And he saw one of those paintings that that's when I was 21, right? So he mm -hmm. saw one of those wooden pieces that I painted when I was 16 years old and he wanted to have it. So he asked me for the price. My mom said the suggestion, 444, my mom said in Swiss francs, which I never sold a single piece. I never thought anybody would buy a piece from me. But I went, like, I took my moment and said to myself, I want 600 for that. Otherwise, I don't give it away because I did that when I was 16. So it's special to me. And that I told it to him and he said, yes, I take it. That's so and cool. And I was like, yeah, that's that like, is so it, cool. <laughs> yeah, I struggled so much to make money with my photography, even though that's something more people kind of. How did want. that feel? Amazing! I felt 
I don't know. I, I felt so. I feel proud. I felt strong. I felt oh my God. grateful and happy. It's the it's the best when people. I mean, you know, you know, when you get paid for what you love doing, is next level living. You know, when you're mm -hmm. serving, when you're, when you're, this is who you are. This is an expression of who you are, and you get paid for. You know, yeah. it's it's a it's there's there's nothing better it doesn't feel better anything doesn't yeah. feel better you know it's like yeah. Yeah. it's amazing it's it's a blessing a true blessing you know yes and, and it was like this guy didn't even knew me and that was more than just somebody saying i believe in you he actually showed that he believes in yeah you. he freaking he paid you, man. yeah exactly totally. so it was like wow it was like my mom that always believed so in cool. me you know, it's different than when your mom oh, believes man. in you. Then if somebody actually, somebody that doesn't know you, he saw me the first time and he wanted to buy that for yeah. 600. Oh. I never, you know, that was for me a lot of money back then. Oh, that man. Just like, man. He paid it in cash right there. Like, oh, man, that is so cool. It was so, amazing. Yeah. So, um, Oliver, what, so what's the mission now? Okay, so you had all this journey, boom, boom, boom. You're coming in and all this stuff, and now, you know, there is your pay. The first painting sold and everything. So now you're 26. That's five years ago. Okay, mm -hmm. but let's bring it towards this the, the present time. You know, mm -hmm. um, yeah. What's the mission now? What's Oliver's mission? What are you standing for? What are you here? Okay, yeah, yeah. So. Um... Just to wrap up the thing quickly, so 21, right? Started uh -huh. painting, never stopped. Uh -huh. was was so effortlessly. I just wanted to paint. I had other things that I did in my life that felt like effort and I need to use discipline to get better. But art was just like flowing, just natural. Uh -huh. It was me. So yeah, last year, that's actually when I quit my job, my full-time job. And I was working in a personal growth company, learned a lot, exactly what I needed, loved it. But I was like, last year, I need to go for my art. This is it now. And people started buying and I like received more money than I ever did in my whole life. And I mean, I always struggled with money. So that's why this was so big for me. And I said, like, I quit my job now. I go for it full time. So I'm actually now one year doing this full time, my art. Wow. And uh, and yeah, now my mission is to inspire people to create a life they really love and enjoy. And, and to not listen to the naysayers that tell them what they can do or can't do. Right. That That's in its core my mission. And also that we like... Also to inspire people to take responsibility for ourselves. Absolutely. Because that's what I did. And I tried to help my mom always too because of her problems. But then realize we are all responsible for our own life, which also means we can create a better reality. We can create a better life. We can actually create what we want, even though it's not always easy. Even though there are people that say no, we still can do it. And that's my mission to inspire people to do that. That is cool, yeah. man. That is yeah. cool. So for someone that is in, in, a, in a stage of life where they're not happy, you know, they, they are doing something they do not love, they have a dream, but they never really actually, you know, put anything in place to leave it out or, or to experience how it would be in a kind of like, you know, kind of lost, right? At that moment where you're doing something, but it's not what you want to do, and you know that it is more, that moment is that moment we lost, right? We're like, whoa, what, what are we doing? Yeah. What would you yeah. recommend to someone? How would you take that next step? How, what would you say, you know what? This is what I did and I recommend to do that. How would you recommend someone else to take that step and say, man, that's your dream, go and do it? 
yeah, for my experience, it's always like, you know, your vision, your dream needs to be bigger and louder than the negativity, the doubt. Yeah. Because it will always be there. As it always will be there. It's, it's like, from my experience, always, always, always. It never, ever will go away. And that's why your vision, your dream, even your next step, whatever it is, you need to be super clear on what you want. And I was a, always called a dreamer, but I also allowed myself to dream. And if you can get a dream, a vision that you are excited about, that you know why you want that, you know, that's powerful. That, then this becomes louder than the doubt. The doubt, what if it doesn't work? What if others laugh at me? Whatever the doubts are, right? So I would recommend I that, like finding a vision. And that's actually my, what I'm working on right now with my prototype. I want to help people or I want to inspire people to, to create their vision and to go through, you know, what, what, where they are now and what they need to overcome. What are their fears? What are their limitations, their doubts? Because we need to see that too. We need to talk about it. If we suppress it, it will come out again. So we need to talk about it, look at that. And then we need to, after that, we need to focus on, okay, so this is my, that's where I'm now. And I accept it. I embrace it. Right, because it's it's also real. And then, but what do I want now? So, so from that, this is what I want. This is my mission. This is my uh, my mission, my vision. Right, creating this this clear picture. And and how do you see yourself inspiring others? How do you use your art to inspire others to do all these things? Right. So mm -hmm. that's that's the prototype I'm working on right now. Mm -hmm. I'm not like it's not finalized yet. Mm -hmm. But it will go, like, I get clearer and clearer now how this will work. And probably I will talk to, you know, I will choose, like, five people, roughly, to, to do that. Mm -hmm. And and then we we would talk together and we would talk about these things, right? We would, mm -hmm. because, you know, we I think we need people that believe in us. Totally. And most people, they just don't. Most people, they mm -hmm. are naysayers because they don't believe in themselves. So you mm -hmm. need to somebody that believes in you that can see your potential so i want to talk with people about these things the things they want to overcome or they need to overcome the things they struggle with and then out of this okay that's it that's what we are here and then like we create together then an artwork that represents their vision their what they want to create the new person they want to become that's wow. that's probably that will be my prototype as i said i thought it's not finalized yet but that's the, the idea that comes to me. And I'm, think, uh, I'm thinking about it already since while well, first, I just wanted to do a vision, right? Kind of a painting that's your vision. But mm -hmm. I was thinking like, I needed to overcome so many traumas and limiting beliefs and all of that. Without that, without looking at them, I wouldn't have been able to create a better reality. So I, will, I want to look with people at that, like sh put light on these things. And then out of that, out of the depth of that, create the vision and the, 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 their dream life, whatever that is in, in, its, in, in the core. And I help them, of course, to go through that. So the people, the, the people will paint, will paint a, a, a painting for themselves that then represents what they want to do. Is that how, how it will work? No, I would do it. Yeah. As the artist, I would do it, yeah. but we would co-create. So we would talk. We, had, we would have probably several conversations yeah. and talk about it. Yeah. I, I usually I didn't do custom mates, right? So I, I I started really just painting and people bought the arts, the artworks that I had. 
And and now I want to, I had already one lady, for example, that created, we, we co-created. So she told me what she wants. She wanted mm -hmm. to feel abundance every day. Mm -hmm. And so I created this abundance painting for her that represents what she wants to feel every day and so on. So we would talk with yeah. each other and I would create a, a, a picture. I right. would use my creativity to, to, to create something. And then we talk about it. Right. So, so, so we kind of co-created, but in the end I created because that's my gift, right? I love Creating it. art, painting is my gift. So that then they will have something that I created in, in a, whatever size they want mm -hmm. that they can hang on their, in their home. And that reminds them all the time of this process we went through and their, their vision of life. I love this. I love it. I love it. I definitely love to see, you know, when, when the first paintings come through and so on and so forth, you know, hopefully we have another chat later on and see how this project goes for you, you know? So uh, I love to definitely see that. So now you're 26, you're now mm -hmm. doing what you want to do. You're getting paid to do your work. You, you, you got these projects coming on. What would you tell your younger self? Hmm. There are so many things I would tell him. <laughs> <laughs> one um, thing. One thing. One thing. I think one thing would be all is well. Everything will work out in your best advantage. Yeah, wow. Well. That's probably what I would say, yeah. Because, you know, there are so many things you could say, but this is the essence. Because even though I went through hard times, everything was always well. Everything always worked out. And I keep believing in that. And I think if you, if you say that to a kid and the kid or a young guy, and he believes that, this becomes oh, his reality. Yeah. It's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And what does abundance now, you know, you have the abundance in your life, all that is happening for you and so on. What does abundance mean for Oliver? Here's, by, by the way, the, oh, the abundance painting. Oh, that look at that. Her. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Has many meanings for her. We put the seven chakras in and the seven step formula from like a coaching program we both were in and, and different things and thinking outside of the box. It's all nice. of, all of that is nice. in there. So we, yeah. I just interpreted it and put it into a creative abstract way. Of course, with the colors, I'm a lot into colors, right? Because like right. gold is like power. It's, totally. it's abundance. It's clear language. Colors, they have a language. So I'm working a lot with language more than with like detailed things. Uh -huh. So what abundance means, means for me, it's abundance is actually, I see it more and more abundance, is actually more how it's a feeling. It's feeling, it's a feeling of feeling filled up, feeling like there is enough for everything. There's, even though you don't might not have all the money in the world right now, that you know that there is more than enough for you and that there are more than enough resources and that you are at the right point right now. And that you will, you know, that kind of the universe is a friendly universe and that you live in abundance. It's not something you need to achieve or get to. It's more like you are living in, a, in abundance and you just need to see it. It's like with nature, gratitude. Gratitude connects you a lot to abundance. And as well to a, a certain trust, right? That, yeah, I'm living in abundance and there are more, there are everything, there's everything I need. There's everything I need for the next step for, you know, all the opportunities are, are here. They are in this field. We don't see them right away, right? There's a, an analogy with the like a radar. Mm -hmm. And in this radar, you just see 
what you see, you see your reality, that doesn't mean there is much more around it. So the opportunities, the, the money, the relationship, all you are wishing for is already in, it's, it's in the field. It's just not yet into your ra in, in your radar. So you don't yet see it, but it's already there. So it's that's for there, me what absolutely. abundance is. It's like knowing that, knowing that you don't need to have everything, right? You don't need to have everything right now, but it is there. It is there, right? Oh. You just need to, you know, you, you will see it if you, you know, if you attract it and you're in this, in a great energy, you are happy, you feel great, you feel abundant, then these things slowly come into your radar screen and then suddenly you see it and you're like, where did this come from? It was already there. It just now came, came into Absolutely. your reality. Absolutely. And, and, you know, a lot of time we, we hear the load of attraction, right? And oftentimes it's explained wrong, in my opinion. You know, they mm -hmm. say, okay, just write it down on a piece of paper and it will come to you or just think mm -hmm. about it and tell yourself a million times and it's going to come to you and it mm -hmm. doesn't fucking come, right? Because you yeah. know, I know, it's not going to come. What it, mm -hmm. When it does come is when we move towards it, right? Because it is yep. there. The abundance is there, 100%. But if you do not get toward, you know, towards that abundance, you're just waiting here for it to come to you. It's never going to come. It's like a yep. magnet. You know, I always make this analogy mm -hmm. with a magnet. A magnet doesn't pull the other magnet if you don't get close enough to get that attraction, that the magnetic field. Then it will come to you. You know, that, 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 that that beginning momentum has to come from us and exactly eventually that momentum will 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 grow and all of a sudden you know the suction will come in you know absolutely i love that this, i love that painting. this one this one talks exactly about that it's like the puzzles represent what's in your field right it's all the right. possibility all the money the relationship whatever you wish but then and the, the, i put the circles the opposite way so it's like that the small one is at the beginning and then it yeah. becomes bigger and yeah. it's so it's it's about receiving like it's yes. like getting into the right energy so you're attracting it you're like the magnet right because if you're in a bad state you cannot attract that you know Absolutely. you cannot get abundance into your life so that's why that's why this painting is exactly that it's like a magnetic i called it the mag the magnetic field of abundance well there you go that's exactly what i said right it comes it's yeah. exactly that it's like if i say well you know i want this but i don't do nothing about it, it ain't gonna happen trust me it's not gonna happen yeah. you know yeah. and i think the messaging of the law of attraction is a little bit off and a lot i have spoken with many 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 people um that believe that yeah i wrote it i've wrote it on my thing and it's just you know one day the man if you do not walk towards it he ain't gonna come for you so you yeah. know but that's absolutely i totally agree with you the abundance is all around us if we can see it if we can see it and we have so much trust and believe that our action are going to bring us closer to that it will it will eventually will attract because of the momentum yeah. we create. So I totally love yeah. it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have, I have loved this, this, this episode, brother. I, I, I really appreciate you for, for sharing such a story, such so detailed. And for a man of your age, which is a young man, 26 years old, you know, I, I'm double your age. I'm 52. Right. It's like it's crazy. Exactly. Double. Yeah. Exactly. Double, but such a powerful story, you know, growing up with, in 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 a 
um, you know, away from the family and, and all so on and trying to find yourself, trying different things, you know, mm-hmm. nearly falling into the belief of, yeah, just get a job, stop dreaming, which, you know, most people mm-hmm. actually fall into, you you know, powered out of that mindset change, all that yeah. kind of stuff and moving towards where where you are today, which is amazing. And I can't wait where where your journey goes, but I'm sure we will talk again and, and, and record and share again a, another piece of your story. But, you know, yeah. to wrap up the, the episode, usually I ask a person, what is your favorite song right now? You didn't have one right now, so I'm not going to go through that process. We we'll might, might be able to do that next time. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But still, I usually conclude with, with a question. Mm-hmm. And I usually say, if you could tell or if you could ask yourself a question and give yourself the answer, what question would you ask, Oliver? As somebody asked, like, what is my legacy? Yes, we go through the questions at the end. But for right now, I'd like you to, you know, give yourself, give yourself, ask yourself a question, you know, you to yourself, ask yourself a question and give yourself ah. the answer. Okay, so what would that be? I, I probably would ask myself, what, what's the purpose of life? That would be the question. And I would say then, the purpose of life, first of all, is to be happy. It's to feel this. Yeah, it, it's to be happy. I, I, it sounds very like easy said. But it's not so easy to be happy as we talk, right? We have so many traumas. So I would say really the, the first the first purpose of life is to be happy. And, and when we get there, when we find that, we can start focusing on what's our purpose as human beings. And that's for everyone different. So I really believe that there is like, and I learned this from my mentor once, which was like mind blower and eye opener. It's like a soul purpose. What's our soul purpose and our soul purpose for it's for everyone the same. It's like to be, be happy, to be really joyfully happy. You know, this, you know, this state, I think, you know, this state, not it's, 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 it's the, is the state stage where you're just like, you're just happy without any reason. Totally. You know, like you're in the moment you're present and you're just happy without yeah. getting the car, without getting the money, without this and yeah. you're just, happy that's that's what i believe is the purpose of life and the rest comes after that like your purpose as a human being if you're an artist if you're a singer a coach or whatever i think that's the second thing that's the second thing and usually people that have the midlife midlife crisis they focus first on their purpose the outer purpose of you know the success the money the 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 career and but they don't focus on the sole purpose and i think that's why this midlife crisis is coming 100%. 100%. I agree. Saying. People go towards the external journal. They go, they embark on an outer journey to mm-hmm. achieve whatever that might be for them. Might that be success? Yep. Might that be money? Might that be a car? Might that be whatever mm-hmm. it is? But they forget that the, all they want is receive a feeling. It's the feeling that it's connected to when they get or when they achieve whatever it is. That feeling that comes up, that's what the people are going for. And unfortunately, that feeling only lasts very, very short when you're going out to get that feeling. But like you said, if we can get that feeling here, which is in our inner journey, 
and that is there available to you if you have money, if you do not have money, if you're successful or not successful or on your journey or whatever it is, if you can get there and feel that, that happiness, mm -hmm. that harmony, that fulfillment, whatever it is inside mm -hmm. of you, man, life is a dream no matter yeah. what. Yeah. You know, and that doesn't take away the challenges of life because everybody has them. But mm -hmm. if we can stay home, if we can stay home rather than always being in our office, you know, all of a sudden your <laughs> your life changes completely. So absolutely yeah. amazing, brother. I really appreciate you for, for having stay. It's been a long podcast, but it's been absolutely amazing. The details, the journey, the that's what life artistry is about for me everything i every single program i have is starts with live artist right it, life artist is the creator of its own life it is the is the artist like yourself painting on a on a canvas the life artist paints on its own life the canvas is our yeah. own life we use our shadows the traumas or the things the the, the challenges the setbacks and the lights, the achievements, who we are as a person, as a human being. And we combine the two, like an amazing artist, combining shadows and lights and, and structures and things. And all of a exactly. sudden, you know, this is, this is what life artist is for me. And mm -hmm. with my clients and all the programs that I put together or, um, you know, retreats and so on, is to find that life artist and become the artist of our life. So I, it was an absolute honor and, and and privilege to have you on here sharing your amazing story i can no way to make to do it again and and see where your you know journey goes and and your new project that you're working on goes um but i would like to you know leave you the last word before i wrap it up and if you have anything else you want to add real quick on the on the end of this yours is the mic Okay. Um, yeah, the legacy question. I think that's a great question. And I, when I look at my legacy as a human being, I, I would love, I would love to be. I always say that I would love to be the solution, like the because there's a lot going on in the world, right? And I wanna, I wanna be the, I wanna be part of the solution. I wanna talk about the solution. I wanna talk about our own power that we can create our own reality. And that we can live a life that we really enjoy. And I think, so I see my, my, my task on this planet more on a, on a mind level, mm. right? Because everything, I think everything starts from the mind, from our mm. beliefs and our programming. So I think if we can, you know, shift our focus, our, our thinking and how we feel and come in touch with who we really are, and th then we can change our reality, right? Then we can really live a life we enjoy and imagine how the life would be if everybody would be happy happy with themselves not mm. happy in fleeting ways like deep fulfilling happiness that comes from being alive that comes from you know being grateful for for what we have now for the nature for you know this this core this 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 presence right i think if we have that if like 90% would be like that. I think we would have less waste. We would buy le less stuff we don't need. We we would have a better life. We would, you know, because we wouldn't support companies that I wouldn't support like 
Nestle, for example, mm-hmm. right? We wouldn't eat so much sugar and all these things. It comes because we are not really happy. So we are running after these things. So yeah. I think if 90% of the, or even 80% of the people would be happy with themselves, really happy and fulfilled and in the moment, um, I think we would have a better world. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I couldn't agree more. I'll tell you the honest truth. If we stopped running and start quieting down a little bit and stop doing and stop being, I think everything will change very, very mm-hmm. quickly. So, yeah. man, I, I appreciate you, man. I, I thank you so much uh, for having come on and shared your story. Um, if you want to connect, then please connect to um, with Oliver. Uh, you find him on on uh, Instagram at Oliver Hoyas, which is O L I V E R H O J A A S, and his website www.oliverhoyas.com. You see his art, you see his story. You can get to connect with him. Please do because he's amazing. Support him, um, you know, and uh, and reach out to him. I'm sure he will be absolutely honored to um to have a chat or or, or whatever um facebook so would be also great Say i'm again? mostly on facebook i'm mostly on facebook it's oliver jan daniel hoyas perfect i will put that in the in the notes of the podcast so you'll get all all his uh places where you can connect with him and awesome. uh, and so please reach out to him connect and and support his his path his journey i thank you uh, personally for having coming on i really love this i can't wait to put it out there i'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that's going to resonate with your message about you know going through the things and stop you know listening to the things that there are people that say it can't be done because it can it's just a matter of patience and resilience and and finding the right people to put around you and uh mm-hmm. and let go of the ones that don't support your journey they're not bad people it's just maybe they're not for us right now so um i'm gonna wrap this up and i really thank anybody um you know that that has listened to this podcast and if this is you i want to speak to you and say thank you for sharing your time with us with oliver and myself and uh and supporting the podcast and please if you didn't subscribe yet i love for you to subscribe so you get notified when new episodes will come out and it will help me as well with the algorithm to be out there and be found by other people as well and be able to support and and um and share our story with everybody else and if you have already subscribed the man you are a true legend and for sure you're a life artist and if you know of someone that could benefit of this incredible episode today with oliver and you know needs that extra spark a little bit of motivation and inspiration to follow their dreams please share with them one of my uh, teachers one time shared with me this this saying which is everything you receive is not for you to keep but to be shared so if you know of someone uh, that could benefit of this please pass it on and for your time i say thank you for being here supporting me on my journey please leave me a review let me know what i can do how i can grow and serve you better or let me know what i could talk about or what people i could bring on to serve you on your journey um and lastly not knowing what time of day you are listening to the podcast remember there is still a day nonetheless a day to love to live and to dream 
I am Rodolfo De Angeli. You listen to another episode of Life Artist Radio. I wish you well, and I shall talk to you very, very soon. Ciao.